Hey, so it's story nights. Hey, we love this. Uh, we share food. We share our stories. Uh, we got three people tonight. tonight. Um, and this is a big deal to us. We're family here at Scum. And so, but there's a lot of family that you haven't met yet. So you get to meet them a little in depth tonight. People get kind of vulnerable. So be cool. All right. Don't be jerks. Sometimes in in a family, you get to be jerkier to your family because they can't go away. <laughs> but don't be jerks tonight. Um, yeah. Like I said, we got three people, uh, and those three people shared in the morning, too. And one of our sisters got baptized this morning. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ro- Roxanne, our, our artist, um, she got baptized this morning. Um, I think with that, I'm just going to pray. Uh, I'm going to pray and ask that God is pleased with us tonight. And, um, yeah, pray with me. God, thanks for the night. Thanks for the food. Uh, I guess it's good to pray before the food, but it's also good to pray after the food and say, that was good. Thank you. Um, thanks for my friends. Thanks for this family here. Uh, thank you for your son's blood who, who knits us, that, that, that knits us together, that makes us family. That makes us <laughs> the most diverse and colorful and strange family I've ever participated in, and I love it so much. Uh, take care of our friends tonight's sharing. Um, you know, give them a little nerves, but not a lot of nerves, so they can, you know, enjoy it. Um, but yeah, may our scars uh, be similar tonight, and and in that way, reach out to each other and. Uh, yeah, we love you a lot. Amen. So who's first? Sprouts first? <laughs> Wait, where did, I heard him. <laughs> there he is. Microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> so how y'all doing? Well, anyways, um, I'm trying to figure out the microphone since I don't know how to use one. I know how one works, but trying to use one is something else for me. Um, well, anyways, yeah, uh, I'm Ben Dahl, uh, otherwise known as Sprout. Uh, if you can't hear me, I'll try to headbutt the microphone more often. Um, so here we go. Uh, my story kind of a little bit different. Uh, like Jesse said, we all have scars. I'm going to... Share some of mine, I guess. Um, growing up, I'm an only child. Uh, my mother was a single parent. Never really knew my father. Uh, so growing up was, I don't know really how to explain having fathers or what fathers are like. But I still grew up. High school, uh, I'm going to start in high school. Uh, didn't really do all that well in high school. Uh Freshman year, I did all right. Uh, I was uh, kind of a jock. Uh, did baseball, football, and all the other stuff. Hockey. Um, after that, and I was a huge band nerd. I actually do know how to play the tuba and quite well. <laughs> so if anybody has a tuba, let me know. I'll rock it. Uh... 
Start after freshman year, everything uh, Ked has started. I started found out that I like to rebel a lot. Uh, found this music called punk rock sophomore year. Uh, so that kind of sparked a, a rebellious side of me. I also found drugs that year, same year too. Smoked a lot of pot and I also got bullied. So that that was my whole high school experience. Uh, after high school, I, well, after I dropped out of high school because my grades are poor and just didn't really care because I was too busy rebelling. Um, I started working, just had part-time jobs here and there. Uh, started, yeah, started drinking too. And yeah, it was just totally just gave up on God because I was too busy doing my own thing and too busy with this punk rock lifestyle. Uh, summer of 02, I managed to get a job uh, as a stagehand, uh, working at a company called Rhino Staging. Uh, started working there, it was like really good because it was, I could have multiple hair colors and tattoos and piercings and just eating that up and knowing most stagehands, they know how to drink. And so I picked that up really well too. Uh, I also pretty much stopped going home. Uh, I started hanging out with a lot of what they call uh, gutter punks and started hanging out with those and just started just being one of those, just some scum kid that didn't really care about anything. Totally just gave up. Uh, and then a few years later, it was like 2003, I started, started everything just started to catch up on me. Um, most of the dumb stuff that I've done, I mean, I've done a lot of really dumb stuff. Uh, I just kind of gave up on that and decided to just go back home and try to start over again. Uh, started going back to church. Uh, my mother went to a Lutheran church growing up, and I fell away from that church. And just, I'm saying and a lot. Uh, so yeah, I decided to try to give church one last shot. Uh, got kind of it's a little bit different for me because I mean I'm a punk rock kid going to a uppity Christian church and I didn't really fit in. I soon became uh, I was reading over their notes that they've needed a, a like a tech guy that can help out with staging and uh, lighting, sound, and all that. So I managed to pick that up. Still trying to figure everything out. Also at the same time or. Around that same time, I few a uh, few months into it, I'd started realizing that there there was more than just this punk rock lifestyle that I could actually start finding this so-called god that I'd turned my back on, and so I decided to finally start talking to people and found out that it wasn't all that bad. Of course, that was different. But God still loved me. So longer down the road, uh, 
There was, uh, when I was living on the streets, there was a place called Socks Place. I went back there and I started actually talking to Doyle, who's the, the founder of Socks Place, and he kind of also edged me on to become more of a, more of a better Christian. Because I, I had lots of questions, but it was hard for me because I like tattoos and everything else. Uh, I finally, shortly after that, I finally decided to give God another shot. And I gave my life back to Christ. And then that same summer, I also got asked to volunteer and work at Socks Place. Which was really cool. I mean, uh, gonna be with my friends, tell everybody that there's kind of a you know little bit different way, a better way, and ended up just doing that for a little bit. Uh, met a girl for the longest time. Started dating her for a while while I was still doing Socks Place. Firstly, it was a non-Christian relationship, and it was a little bit weird because having a girlfriend that's a non-Christian always kind of making fun of me because I went to church every Sunday. It was kind of hard, but I keep persisting, and we still dated. Uh, it was a let's see, uh, it was the early winter of '05. Uh, still seeing the same girl, still going to church every day. Uh, I was still working at Socks Place, and my girlfriend decided uh, she got a job offer in Boston, Massachusetts. And I thought, that was really cool. We'll try to figure something out, see if I want her to move, or I'll just stay in Denver. I ended up staying in Denver, and we decided to have a long-distance relationship. Uh, she... Was also getting really weird sickness going on. That found out a couple uh, weeks later that I got her pregnant. Which it was like at that time it was like oh man, but ended up because <laughs> it's it's <laughs> at that time I was uh, both of us were so not ready to have a uh, have a child, let alone you know raise one. Um, so I ended up, we ended up going up for adoption, and we got really lucky with that adoption. Uh, it turned out that her brother and sister-in-law were really looking for an adoption. I heard, like, cool. At least, you know, it's like, it'd still be kind of part of, her, part of this child's life. Uh, at November uh, of 2006, she gave birth to... A baby girl. Well, Curse is going to be a baby. <laughs> Even though how much I love moose in life. I'd rather kind of. Uh, yeah, so uh, a little baby girl that we decided to name Katrina. Because it was cool. Because they gave her mom some hell. Which she, knowing her, she deserved it. <laughs> But so uh, it was actually her idea to give her a nickname after a, uh, the, uh, the big Louisiana hurricane. Uh, but yeah, it was. <laughs> this is what I, I yeah. Anyways, uh, I'll get back on track. Uh, 
Uh, shortly uh, during the holidays, it was around Christmas time, we decided to get married. Ended up getting married on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Kind of kept it quiet. I was hoping to actually kind of get it out and do a bigger, uh, bigger like wedding type thing. Uh, but unfortunately, she was having some really bad, just really hard time in life. Uh, shortly after we did get married, she ended up deciding that she didn't want to live anymore and ended up committing suicide. It's a heartbreaking story, but at least there was still this little baby named Katrina. And so we decided that uh, her adopted parents still lived in Boston, Massachusetts. So I decided, and we had a kind of a little agreement that I'd come out whenever I can, come hang out. Uh, she knew that I was actually her bio dad. And so I decided to just hang out and get to know this little kid that ended up kind of really growing on me. Uh, years go by. Uh, every summer I'd take her on for few months, uh, she'd come to Denver and we'd hang out, just be two little goofball parent or father and daughter combination. Uh, she was really growing up quick too. Uh, managed to give her, uh, at age of three and a half, she was 105% for height and 75% for weight. So I decided to give her the good old nickname of the anti-sprout. Because I'm a little guy, and she's just growing up way too quick. And, yeah, it's so it's just her. Uh, her parents actually got her going through school. Uh, she went to a private school out in Boston. It was kind of weird because they went Catholic, and I'm still at that time still learning a lot more religion and loving my Jesus. And Catholics were something else, I tell you. Nothing wrong with them, but <laughs> they're different. And I kind of liked it, but <laughs> uh, let's see. And I'd always make a planned trip out to Boston every year for St. Patrick's Day, which is always kind of fun. Uh, I, I do come from an Irish background, so it was always kind of fun going out to Boston and see all the, the madness and to hang out with the, the, the anti one. And. <laughs> She's also really smart, too, because obviously I'm not that bright either. And I swear it was the milkman sometimes, but... Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I was... Uh, had a rough time uh, beginning of 2002. Won't go into much detail, but I had decided to move, and... So, I was kind of low in the moment, and I got a phone, random phone call that they're going to be spending the weekend up in Denver because they're kind of looking for a house. So I was like, right on. At least I get a kick butt with this little anti one. Uh, she's six and a half, and she, well, most of you are probably not on the podcast if it ever gets recorded. She literally came up to here, six and a half, which is like crazy. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's like ended up uh, during the airport. It was kind of fun. one of my favorite stories about her was uh, she saw me in the airport and decided to take off and give me a headbutt hug right in the rib. Ended up breaking my rib, which was actually kind of impressive. 
So yeah, it was uh, it was exciting, you know, and got to see my girl and you know get broken. Uh, but another bummer time in life was uh, the week after she left for uh, back to Boston. Uh, coming from home from school, she, uh, her and her adopted mom, Lisa, got in a car wreck and got T-boned by a text driver. Uh, unfortunately, it, she got hit right on her side and ended up passing away, which was, I still don't know what emotions to really have, even though it was a year and a half ago or two and a half years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had all the emotions, but at this time I also still had a lot of, uh, I was also still pursuing Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus. So I got angry, I got sad, I got every emotion that you could have, but I ended up still turning back to God because I know like overall he's the one to take care of me and he never let me go so I had to keep into, had to keep this relation with Christ just to have normal functions I'm doing a lot better now of course I'm talking to all you guys so it's like I'm more than willing to share my story uh, but I, I just know it's like God is great God is good and he will never leave me no matter how much hell I go through he was always here and he will never leave. So that's pretty much it. Try to cut it down from sort of from this morning, and I, hopefully I did come in with my ten minutes worth of chatting. Anyways, yeah, I'll be probably hanging around after service. I know I got a lot of holes in this, but if you have any questions, comments, or high fives, hugs, um, I know I'm going to be giving a couple of them out right after this. So, um, don't be shy because I know I am. So, <laughs> guys, take care. Thanks for listening. Hello, um, my name is Genevieve, for those of you I don't know. Um, I see a lot of smiling faces, so that's reassuring. Um, <laughs> uh, I have been attending SCUM for about five years now, I would say, which is kind of crazy. Um, and I've been very, very fortunate to grow and contribute and um, be a part of a loving and creative and challenging community like SCUM. Um, I just haven't really found a place like this anywhere else. Um, so upon Leonore asking me to do this, which I'm absolutely terrified by, um, about all this, uh, I guess I just sort of started thinking. Um, I guess you think about your life, but sometimes it's not as, um, I know, deep or as reflective or as like, well, shoot, I have to come up with a theme or something, like trying to go back to high school English class um, of how to write this. But um, I guess I just sort of stumbled upon reoccurring themes of redemption um, 
through the love of God, especially in people, and perseverance to reflect God and his love through um, my career and my passion within music and the music industry. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home, um, became a Christian when I was six, and lived in Arvada for the majority of my childhood, um, the original A-Town, by the way. Minus all of you in Aurora that think that it's that. But, um, so, <laughs> um, and I was just, I was plugged in, I was very fortunate to be plugged into a great um, youth ministry at my home church. And I did the typical teenage things, I guess, the suburban teenage things um, for school, and then every extracurricular thing that I could get my hands on as far as music. So choirs, show choirs, musicals. Um, and worship band stuff. Um, and I also, for those of you who know me, it's still true, tended to be quite the overachiever um, in my academic classes and thanks to a family with a very rock-solid Protestant work ethic and a brother that at the time was aspiring and now is a doctor. Um, there's quite, there was quite the pressure there. Um, so... A few experiences, or yeah, experience that sort of stood out to me in that formative age um, was going to Thailand with my um, youth group at the time, and we worked with Compassion International, um, building a school there for for kids. Um, and we were there a little over, I think, two weeks or so. Um, and I said this in the morning, um, but I sort of had this like aha moment, like Oprah refers to it as an aha moment, um, where it just kind of clicks. Um, and I was laying on the floor, uh, like within the first few mornings there, and there was chickens like running around underneath the hut. I remember that um, being very loud. <laughs> and I just laid there and I could sort of see the sun coming up through the cracks in the bamboo. Um, and all I heard was women singing. Um, and something just kind of just sort of clicked. Um, and I just, I realized that music and art is an amazing spiritual experience that God created for everyone to receive him. Um, and then also to connect with each other. Uh, Deva was actually, where is she? She disappeared. Um, oh, she's over there. We were actually just talking about this at a worship leaders meeting, how um, I find this fascinating that choirs, when they sing together, their heartbeats sync up. And it's just like, I don't know, that's just amazing to me. Um, so, and just a proof of God. Um, so as I went further along in high school, um, and the more I got enveloped in music, um, I initially wanted to do forensic science, maybe because CSI was cool in the early 2000s. Um, and my parents, my mom particularly, was like, well, you know, and probably because my brother was doing science, but why would you want to do that? Why don't you pursue music? I mean, that's what you're doing 90% of the time, minus being in classes. So, um, so I chose to go to Biola University my freshman year of college and um, studied. They had a very sort of infant stages of the music and worship program. Uh, and then I quickly changed my mind uh, because they were wanting me to sing in German and all this classically based stuff. And I was like, this is killing me. Um, and just realizations that playing worship for a vocation 
wasn't necessarily, I think, what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, and part of the change was also catalyzed by a vision that I had um, in my dorm room um, where I was standing under an angel, just this huge angel, um, and everything around me was burning. It was a city, nondescript city. Everything was burning around me, um, but I was fighting, and I was fighting for something real um, and for people that I loved and then maybe lost within all of that. Um, so after some prayer, um, I slowly took this as a sign to be a light within the music industry um, and through music and art and a very secular business. Um, and this propelled me to transfer to do music business and vocal performance at CU Denver. Um, so I fell in love and I took classes on the business side that just sparked my imagination and just drove me. It was just something that I wanted to do. Um, and also at the same time be able to play music with some amazing musicians um, that went to that school. Um, but through all of that, what I didn't see was the fact that I was losing myself and the sight of God in my worship, in my music, and in my work. Um, and I never found a church after high school. I went to a church for the year that I was in L.A. with my brother, which was really great. But um, after moving back, there is just a void of community and especially considering how people-centric I am it was very problematic um, so party after party and show after show and doing stuff out in LA um, with the record label out there and meeting friends that I thought were just gonna be my family for the rest of my life but that didn't know God um, I gained a fantastic, sparkling, clean reputation with my department and my peers in the industry, but ultimately my soul was dying and I didn't know it. Um, so after graduation, I was fortunate enough to land an industry job kind of right out of the gate. Um, and I worked at Swallow Hill Music um, as their associate concert director down there for about three years. Um, kind of doing, you know, over 200 concerts a year, doing all sorts of stuff, um, a huge list of responsibilities for a 22-year-old. So um, it was a dream come true, at least I thought. You know, I was like, I have arrived. I've gotten to where I have always dreamed of going. Um, and so several years into my job and, like, God knows how many hours of work down the line, um, I was still coming up restless and discontent, and it didn't fulfill me. Um, and deep-seated information within my family surfaced about some alcoholism with those closest to me. Um, a friend attempted to OD, and suddenly I felt trapped in what I had striven for, for, you know, as long as I can remember in, like, my young adult life. Um, and I really hit rock bottom. Uh, so months later, um, I found myself pretty numb and a state completely disengaged from those around me. Um, I kind of stopped eating. I was unhealthily skinny. I was in a depression. And God came to me again. Um, 
but through the love of my family, especially my mom, and those lifelong friends that I went to Thailand with, who I still am best friends with to this day. Um, some of us have known each other for over 20 years. Um, and they pushed me to go to a counselor, to get invo- involved in activities, to find myself outside of work, outside of music, outside of romantic relationships. Like, who am I outside of all of that? Um, and despite being involved in SCEM for over a year at that point, um, I wasn't really in community. Uh, so I decided to get involved with a small group. I went and picked up a sheet, and I distinctly, I was telling some people this this morning, I distinctly remember, because I just felt so alone. <laughs> And I distinctly remember, if you guys know Jenna Stanfield, she was hosting the Bible party at that point. And um, <laughs> I pulled up in front of her house, and I was like, okay, Genevieve, this is going to be like the worst hour and a half of your life. You're probably not going to like them. You won't be able to relate to them. They'll probably just be removed and, you know, like, oh, what are you doing here? And like, um, so I pep-talked myself in the car and then went in there, and they're the most amazing people I've ever met. Um, sorry. Um, yeah. They just really helped me find, like, who I am and what I do are two separate things, and that, um, that you can be strong in your faith and strong in what you do, but not lose yourself. Um, so um, I started leading worship and connecting to God again. Um, and a year or so later, I moved into the Miwi, which is um, was a wonderful community house full of girls. Um, and just felt supported in everything that I did. And through those relationships, I kind of came up with the crazy notion of like, I need to move um, and just start fresh and gain some knowledge somewhere else. Um, and quit a steady job um, within a very competitive industry and decided to move to Austin. Um, I traveled Europe for a little bit, served with a church in London before I went and toured with um, one of the bands that I manage. Um, And so in the past year and a half, pushing two years since I left my job and kind of my identity, um, I have just after stepping out on a limb and following my heart and doing what God is leading me to, instead of falling into the trap of what is expected of me, um, I have been able to do some of the biggest things that I've never imagined. Um, you know, just like (laughs) working for Austin city limits and South by Southwest and managing bands that I'm passionate about and meeting with people and encouraging them and what they do within the industry, because it's a rough business. Um, um, God has stuck through me with ups and downs and um, through me not letting go of my ideal of what I wanted, but instead bringing me out on the other side, fully trusting him. Um, I'm growing. I don't have everything planned out, which is the best for me um, because I can be a little OCD. Um, but, and he set some daunting things in front of me, but I know I can do it with him um, And that what he made me to do is not a definition of who I am, um, but a gift to those around me. So um, after all that, I want nothing more than to continue to take the gift and the passion and talent that God has given me and let him keep it in his hands, not mine.
Hey guys, uh, I'm Darren. Uh, I'm 27. I live in a van. Uh, uh, so my story starts off kind of uh, ordinary, typical, whatever. Um, I was kind of raised in church um, from a super young age, and uh, when I was five, I um, you know gave my life to Christ, and you know I was. Uh, sitting in my room saying the sinner's prayer like over and over because I didn't know if I was doing it right. So I just kept trying over and over. And I think it worked eventually. Um, but so that was, a, that was a real day, you know, learned patience a little bit. I was like, I don't know, I don't know. But um, yeah, so that same year my parents got divorced. Um, and so for a long time when I was younger, my testimony was a lot of like, my dad wasn't around, but that didn't matter because I had a father in heaven who loved me and I knew that he was there. So that was never like the biggest deal to me. Like I never really kind of understood when other kids got really torn up about it. But like, you know, people don't have the same feelings about stuff. So, uh, yeah, so that was cool. Whatever. God was good. Um, he still is. Um, yeah, so everything was cool. I grew up in Colorado. Uh, when I was 11, moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, started seventh grade there, and everything was still kind of cool, um, trying to live like an all right life. Um, and then I ended up going on a mission trip after eighth grade in the summer to L.A., and uh, that was really awesome. Got to hang out at Skid Row for a day and do a bunch of really cool stuff there. Um, and it was awesome. I went with this youth group that I had been going to for a while. That's um, kind of funny to think about now. But uh, anyway, they were kind of cool at the time until we got back from the mission trip. And then um, it was kind of presented to everyone else as like this really like, great thing, you know, we were in four teams in L.A., and um, so we got back, and then the next week, you know, they were talking about it, and it was just kind of this, it almost seemed like a competition, you know, like, oh, team one, you know, like, they saved, you know, 23 souls on the first day, and, you know, team two did this and that, and I'm like, that's fine, or whatever, but it was, it just seemed really weird to me, like, it was, it was almost putting on more of a show than it was, like, actually being humbled by the fact that, like, we're able to do God's work in that way, which is, you know, a little weird sometimes. I don't know how many people have been on mission trips, but, like, it can, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about them. Um, But, yeah, so that was kind of weird, and that kind of, like, started to push me away a little bit. And then right around the same time, um, one of the youth leaders and a couple other people kind of had this conversation one night, about speaking in tongues, and I still don't really, like, fully understand it, Um, but especially in eighth grade, it's kind of weird, so um, they were kind of making a big deal that, like, I didn't know how to speak in tongues, and I was like, yeah, like, I'm in eighth grade, what do you expect? Like, I don't even know a secondary language, let alone, like, (laughs) how to not talk, right? Um, Try to talk, right, most of the time. Uh... So, yeah, that was weird to me, though, and, like, I don't know why they were putting so much focus on it, but 
after that, I was kind of like, you know, I don't want to, like, be a part of this anymore. I don't feel like it's necessarily, like, something I should be around. Um, so I stopped going to church in general. Started ninth grade. Um, got into, you know, punk rock and stuff. Seems to be, like, a lot of what high schoolers do. Like, trying to rebel, whatever. Um I started partying a bunch and just getting pretty crazy. Like, I'm a little extreme for those of you that know me. Like, sometimes I get, you know, pretty extreme about stuff. So I took it to, like, a pretty extreme level. And I was like, oh, I'm going to party harder than anybody else's party, you know? Like, whatever. And that, like, really threw me on a loop for a while. Um, until, like, junior year, um, one of the youth pastors at the youth group that I was going to before when I went to L.A., um, started coming to our school, hanging out at lunch once a week. And that dude was always awesome. Like, he was a solid dude. And um, so I kind of tried to ignore him for a while because I, was, I wasn't living in line with um, what I know our conversations would be like. So I was like, oh, there's Hank. Um, you know, I got somebody to talk to over on the other side of school, you know. And eventually we talked a little bit, and... That was cool. Um, we ended up having like a little small group Bible study every Wednesday at school, and it turned out to be pretty cool. So I got kind of back on track for a while, and then uh, the summer after junior year, like in between junior and senior year, I went on a mission trip to Mexico with a friend's church, and that was really awesome. Um, a lot of cool stuff happened there, and that was really great for a while, but um, like maybe a lot of you that have gone to other churches have experienced like a lot of a lot of like communities aren't really very good at being a community. So I don't feel like I had a lot of follow up with a lot of people. Um, so I was like on this spiritual high after that mission trip and you know, I was just like, Man, this is awesome. Um, but then slowly again started like getting back into partying and then um you know, graduation came up, and I moved out of my mom's house the day after I graduated. Um, I was technically, I was staying with friends kind of before that a lot. Um, but then as soon as that was done, I didn't really have a reason to go back. So started partying again really hard and didn't have, like, a community, didn't have anybody to, like, keep accountability with or anything like that. Um, that went on for... Uh, you know, a good like four or five years. I kind of went to church by myself for a little while, for like a month or so. And then um, some stuff happened with the pastor at that church that was like super sketchy. And so I uh, was like, I don't want anything to do with this. Like, I have friends that aren't Christians that don't do stuff that's that retarded. So like, why... Why waste my time? But, like, also at the time, you know, I didn't realize that I shouldn't be letting other people's actions dictate, like, my faith, um, which I think is, like, important to keep in mind for everybody. Um, so that faded off again. Uh, I got to the point where I knew that I needed to change and that um, that wasn't really going to happen where I was at. So I moved back here um, to Colorado and went to welding school in Greeley, uh, which I wouldn't recommend anybody visit because it's not a great place at all. <laughs> um, 
So that was cool, though. I had a really great teacher there. Um, super cool dude, like on fire for God. We would have small groups um, towards like the second half of me being in that class. We would have small groups um, with a few guys. And that was cool. Um, then I found out about SCUM. I started coming here. And for a little bit, I was driving down from Greeley every week, you know, to come hang out here. And I was hanging out on the weekends. Um, and then, yeah, so that was uh, like three years ago or so. And then some stuff happened. Um, a lot of it's really like kind of more personal stuff, but like, I just feel like the kind of like community that I was a part of at the time kind of like pushed me away a little bit. And I know that like it was nobody's intention to do that. And like, and I could have easily like worked through that. But I think at the time I just kind of wanted to like fail again, I guess. Like not that I wanted to do that, but just human nature, I guess. Um, so yeah, the last couple of years I slowly like stopped hanging around um, here, stopped hanging around with the community, um, all of my awesome family and friends here, um, and, you know, slowly just got back into partying a lot. Um, the last year, you know, I had gotten to the point where I was just living off of my artwork, um, and that's really all I cared about. Um, I wanted to be, like, you know, whatever. I wanted to go, like, as far as I could with art and uh, a lot of stuff was happening with that, which was awesome. Um, but that was really my only focus. Like, I didn't really care about anything else. And there were so many times that God would, you know, be, like, tapping on my shoulder. And there's so many times I could think about that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I should pray. I'll, you know, I'll pray after I'm done with this painting. Or, like, I'll, you know, I'll do it later. Like, this is more important, you know. Um, and I thought I had my life in my control and that I was like totally in control of everything and um, and then everything changed last August um, I ended up in the hospital for two months and they couldn't ever figure out what it was they just said that it was an unknown virus um, I felt like I had a flu or something and then next thing I knew I woke up in the hospital after being in a coma for a week, and um, my heart had stopped, so legally I died, um, which I don't really claim that because I mean, I'm still alive, but I guess whatever, doctors like to say things differently. If anybody's a doctor, I don't, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> great, great job if you are a doctor. But, um, but yeah, so it's, so anyway, a lot of stuff happened. Like basically my body shut down. Um, a lot of crazy stuff, uh, but yeah, like God was calling me back through all that, um, because he knows how stubborn I am, and he allowed me to just fail so hard, um, that I literally got shut down, and it's awesome because, like, I, I can be really pumped about it because, like, God did something awesome. Um, that I can see now, and um, like some people don't get it, you know, and I'm like, no, it was, yeah, it sucked, but it was awesome, you know, like things are different, and I just had like a lot of really life, like obviously like if you're in that kind of situation, I hope nobody has been or nobody will be, 
in a situation like that because um, it is really rough. But, um, yeah, God did a lot of really cool stuff while I was in the hospital. And he kind of showed me, like, what what could have happened, like, had I died. Because, I mean, at that point, like, I was totally walking down the path of death, you know, and, and I got there. And I just pretty much pictured him being like, oh, yeah, you, you drew good, great, like, awesome. Like, is that why... Is that why you're here, you know? And so that really opened a lot of things up. Um, and I know that, like, now um, I'm not, I, I wasn't given a second chance to, like, just keep living in the ways that I was living. And um, I think, like, you know, it's it's a little little bit shameful to, like, talk about, failing constantly your whole life, you know, and, like, still being so stubborn that it takes, like, facing death literally to learn that, but, um, yeah, God really did it for me, and, uh, so now, like, yeah, he's got a lot of awesome stuff lined up, uh, for me coming up, and I know that things are going to get a lot more extreme in the future, um, so, yeah, uh, I need prayer all the time, you know, um, as we all do. And, um, yeah, I would just encourage everyone to ask God to just reveal himself more to you because we all need him. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that can hold us back that creep into our lives gradually. So, yeah, just keep talking to God. And he's awesome. He's way more powerful than we are. And, like Jesse said last week, he turned shit into diamonds, you know, and that's kind of been the theme of my life. So, um, yeah, just praise God that he's bigger than our mistakes and that, like, nothing that we've done is too big for him to deal with. And that's, I mean, I don't know. Look at the Bible. Like, a lot of a lot of funny stories in there, you know. Like, but, yeah, it's, it wasn't like, oh, yeah. Jonah went to church every Sunday, and it was great. Like, it's like, oh, dude, you messed up, but, like, good job. It worked out in the end. So, anyway, uh, yeah, glory to God. He's awesome. Um, thank you for letting me share.